I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Hello and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. The podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Jen, what parent hasn't wondered why everything has to be a gun? Has this happened in your house? (laughs) Has this happened in my house? Um, Yes, Janet, it has happened in my house. And it's one of those things that before I had boys, I thought parents were exaggerating when they made up these stories of boys turning everything into guns and nibbling toast into guns. And then I had boys and I found out it is absolutely 100% true. I went as a boy parent from being the parent who thought we are not going to play with toy guns. Guns are violent and I do not need to teach this to my children. We are going to be a gun-free household to eventually having basically an arsenal in my toy room. (laughs) Guns, lightsabers, swords. Um, As they got older, it progressed to airsoft guns. So yeah, we've dealt with the gun issue Mm -hmm. in our house. Mm -hmm. And did you put any rules around that? I know parents are always asking me, you know, I don't want to make them bad. I don't want to make them wrong, but it's guns. Come on. We have to have some limits around them Mm -hmm. or maybe we don't. What's your take on that? My take on it is it depends. And it really does depend on your environment, the culture in which you live and your personal beliefs. Uh, That's the caveat. But that said, over the years, I did develop what I call um, common sense rules for gunplay. And it wasn't until, of course, I wrote about that, that I really, you know, codified it. But this is what the rules that we established in our house. And a lot of them, frankly, were in response to things that are going on in our culture. So 
one of the things that I think is so important to parents to understand is that interest in gunplay and, you know, interest in those violent games, cops, Mm -hmm. robbers, bad guys, war, all of those things, that is completely normal. Yes. But especially right now in America, there is a deep discomfort on the part of adults with guns and with gun play and different people have very different attitudes and there have been cases where there have been dramatic overreactions to kids playing with guns that have resulted in some disastrous consequences. And by disastrous consequences, I'm talking about everything from a kid being suspended from school to Tamir Rice was shot mm-hmm. with a yeah. toy gun in his hand at a Cleveland park. Yeah. So when I say guidelines for gunplay, I've given a lot of thought to the fact that my boys as white boys in rural Wisconsin have actually a lot more freedom to play with a gun than a, a black boy does. Absolutely. That is unfair. That is utterly unfair. That is not right. But that's the reality. And so if I was a parent of an African-American boy, I would be having very different conversations with my sons. And I tear up talking about this because it's so unfair. Me too. It's, it is so unfair. And it is the reality of the times we live in. And it's, it's important as the adults to, you know, recognize that and bring it in, but also to recognize that our boys, our young boys, especially, hopefully they haven't been overexposed to media. They're not coming from this same place. So we have to kind of separate a little bit our horror, and this mostly comes from moms that I talk to, you know, just the horror of my sweet little boy is shooting at things, and we've got to take the the gore and the blood and all of the things in our culture right now away and, and just recognize that this is a normal, natural impulse of your boy and there is nothing wrong with him and he is not a shooter in training. As a parent, I found it very comforting and reassuring to kind of dig into some of the research around kids and gun play and pretend violence play. Because, you know, it's one thing for me to have my own ideas, but other people have studied this. So what I found when I dug into this research was that it has shown, first of all, that weapons play is nearly universal mm-hmm. for human boys. And it does not matter whether the boy is a boy in you know, a, a high-tech society such as ours or a hunter-gatherer society or anything in between. Weapons play is very normal for boys. And the psychologists who have dug into this have um, found that Playing guns and war may even help children learn how to relate to others and how to self-regulate. And -hmm. some of that is just a function of pretend play, as you know. As kids are are playing, they figure those things out. But most importantly, for me, they found that weapons play does not increase the likelihood of real-life violence or aggression. Mm -hmm. There is no line or research to support that if your boy pretends to kill his friends, he is more likely to kill people in real life. Mm -hmm. And I found some really interesting research to me um, that found that restricting weapons play 
can be more harmful to boys than allowing it. And I have a quote here from um, an article by a professor emeritus from uh, University of California. And it said, a boy who does not have access to fantasy play with guns and other symbols of power is working under a deficit. Missing out on the one common way in which the boy learns the difference between real aggression and stylized aggression, between real violence and fantasy violence. Oh man, that is so important to recognize and honor. You know, again, this is such a place where we can shut boys down and tell them they're bad and, you know, not allow. So they're stifled and yet it's this normal, natural impulse. And so then where does it go? Yep. And I know that we're talking primarily about playing with toy guns or pretending guns or violence, whether it's, you know, with the finger in a gun shape or with a toy plastic weapon or a stick a kid picked up. But for a lot of boys, it goes beyond that too. And I remember being slightly horrified when my then um, six-year-old was checking out book after book from the library about guns, a lot of them. And this was right around the time we began homeschooling him. We had pulled him out of school for a lot of reasons and we were homeschooling. And he would spend hours tracing the guns in this book, like hours and hours and hours. What the hell is this all Mm -hmm. about? For this kid, his interest in these weapons was his entry into American history. Wow. He got really interested through the weapons in American wars. And then, you know, that led into a deeper interest in history, blah, blah, blah. And so ultimately what we did to kind of channel that also, we created what we called the war wall, which was kind of like a timeline on a wall in the upstairs hallway. Mm -hmm. So we put the weapons up and I'd put, you know, the basic time period. Nice. We inserted other things like grandma and grandpa are born, you know, (laughs) things like that to help him contextualize it. But For me, that was another lesson in a boy who is reading about or thinking about or drawing or writing about weapons and war does not necessarily mean he's a serial killer in training. Yeah. It could be something else. Yeah. It most likely is something else. Yeah. And this is a natural, very male brain tendency to take in information, catalog it, and Mm -hmm. know, you know, it's this fascination and relationship with things. And in that he's developing empathy, he's developing, you know, he's developing new neural pathways. And so, yeah, it just happened to be guns for kids. Some kids it's dinosaurs, whatever, but that, you know, brilliant you made that part of his learning and accepted it. And it's great. I, you know, I did a a series of blog posts about gunplay because it's always coming up. And I did interview a family of hunters and that Mm -hmm. also was really important. And I think we um, can bring that into our son's lives, whether they're in the city or not, is that, you know, guns enable people to feed themselves even today. This family happens to live out in Eastern Oregon and that is an important part of their of their family, of their cycle of their year is hunting season and the, the preparation for it, the gun safety training, 
the mm-hmm. target practice, you know, you just can't pick up a gun and walk out in the woods and think you're going to actually right. get an animal, right? So it's all of the the safety and the care and the um, modeling of dad and grandpa and uncles and how they are treating their these tools that mm-hmm. are helping the family. And then it's the, you know, when you're this age, you can have a BB gun when you're this age, you, you know, you move up into this and it's such a path of growth and inner development recognition of your growing up and you're becoming more mature. Here's some more responsibility and, and the ethics around killing Mm -hmm. animals and, you know, we're, we're using them and we thank them and all of that. So it's, it's a different aspect that you might not think of if you're in your living room being horrified that your four-year-old is, you know, has a Lego mm-hmm. gun pointed at you. And then it's also not just guns, it's other weapons, swords, lightsabers, like you said. And I think for young boys, you know, to really honor and recognize this impulse that they have mm-hmm. is to help them craft a sword and give them the time and the the learning the training to sand it and sand it oh nope that's not smooth enough up oh, you got to spend more time at it and then get out the beeswax and polish it and polish it and then how are you going to carry it oh we've got to make a sling for it how are sure. where are you going to so- store it and so that you're like you did with the timeline and the war wall you're engaging with your son Mm -hmm. in the area that he is interested in. You know, one of the things that I had to do and I now advise other parents to do when you see your son or even another group of kids, right? Let's say you're at the playground and your kid's not involved yet, but you see this other kid playing war, shooting each other, and you start feeling deeply uncomfortable. First of all, just observe don't intervene right away. Just observe. Because often when you watch kids play, first of all, you can see if you're looking carefully that what looks violent to you, they're having fun. I hear from parents all the time how bath time can be such an ordeal. And yet bath time can be really fun. In fact, here in the very cold winter, We use bath time as an activity. Dabble and Dollop has got this dialed in because they have bath products that are not only natural, healthy, free of toxins, all the things we want for our kids, but they're fun. Jen, you said when your boys were young, they loved to make potions. My son, Tyler, had so much fun mixing things together, making potions, recipes, he would have loved Dabble and Dollop's Day at the Beach bath mixing set because it's a collection of soap scents and a little mixing thing and your kids can combine scents and make their own creations. It is exactly the kind of thing that can turn bath time into a fun, enjoyable creative endeavor instead of just a fight. And I will say the bubbles have been bow tested in the bathtub and they last. They stay bubbles for a long time. Dabble and Dollop has everything from bath time shampoos, bubble baths, body washes, conditioners, lotions, bath bombs, bath toys and accessories. 
There's so many things to explore at Dabble and Dollop. Go to dabbleanddollop.com slash onboys to get 20% off your first order. That's dabbleanddollop.com slash onboys, 20% off for being an onboys listener. And as long as all of the parties involved look like they're having fun, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, that's the first thing. And then the second thing I've learned is to ask questions, you know, so rather than assuming that, you know, what this gunplay is about as adults, our assumption is that gunplay equals violence, right? Mm -hmm. Ask them to tell you about their game because you may be surprised to find out that, you know, for them, this is more this elaborate fantasy about power or about good versus evil. And these pretend guns are just tools that they're using in their play. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, they shoot somebody and the the deal is he falls down for three seconds and then he gets up and gets going again. They're not putting in all of the the blood and the gore. And if indeed, if that were there, that would be very uncomfortable to them. So um, I think you're absolutely spot on about the observation and notice, you know, how they are setting rules with each other and they're negotiating. And it's all of these things that we want our kids to have these social skills. Mm -hmm. And yet for boys, we shut them down where mm-hmm. they are thriving and building those social skills. Mm-hmm. So you asked me a while ago about rules for gunplay. And I want to circle back to that because these are some of the ones that we came up with over time. So for me, um, and this did come up as a result of some issues that were in the news, my guys know that those orange plastic tips that come on the end of any toy gun that looks real, those have to stay on there. Um, I know that some people don't like their kids playing with realistic looking weapons at all. Frankly, at least where we live and in our neighborhoods and in our cultures, uh, it's, it's hard to avoid realistic mm. looking weapons. I know when I was a kid, my mom wouldn't let us, and that includes my four brothers also, we couldn't have water guns that looked like guns. We had like mm. cute little animals that shot water, but we couldn't <laughs> have water guns that looked like guns. So there, there was that. Um, and again, especially when your kids have other friends, sometimes it's hard to avoid. So my guys know that those have to stay on there. Another one um, that I came up with, and not, not everybody agrees with me, but if anybody in the area expresses discomfort with the gunplay, it must stop. I think that's brilliant. Yes, and absolutely. That's playmates. But frankly, it's even if there are adults in the area that are uncomfortable with this. And honestly, this rule is more for the boys' safety and security than anything else. Because mm-hmm. if an adult is uncomfortable with the play, this could end up being a, a bad thing for the boys. Um, psychologically, it can become a bad thing. Consequences can, you know, get um, imposed suspensions, expulsions, you know, people on high alert who call the cops about something that is not a problem, but that can escalate. So if yeah. anybody expresses discomfort, you have to stop. And you can go play somewhere else, but mm-hmm. it has to stop right there. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Janet? Some people have the rule with gunplay, no shooting people. 
What do you yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking of the mom who told me that the rule in their house was that the guns, oh, what'd she say? The guns can only shoot hearts and rainbows or something like that. And I just kind of rolled my eyes and went, okay, I wonder how well that's going over. So, um, you know, the fun of it is, is shooting people. And, right. you know, I mean, it's the, it's again, what you said before about everyone in the area needs to be in agreement. Right. So if that's happening, great. If it's son and daughter in the living room, son's shooting daughter, daughter doesn't like it, then no, you cannot shoot at people. It has to be like, we're in the game, we're in agreement, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. I think that's totally fine. And depending on you know what they're shooting, of course, you, there's the safety, but they're not out to hurt each other. Right. Right. It's That's not what's happening. So of course, you know, the safety talk about the eyes and body parts and all that. But I, I think that is a, you know, it's like, it's kind of, we might think of it as, well, if I tell him not to shoot people, but he can still play with guns, then it's okay. But it, again, it's telling him you're wrong. What you're doing is bad. You've got to set up the parameters around the whole entire activity. Like so many other things, I've found that on this issue of gunplay, it is really best to kind of follow your kid's lead. And I don't mean at all that the kid gets to do whatever they want and the parents just trot along behind and go, okay, sweetie, that's not at all what I mean. But really pay close attention, watch what's going on, um, engage, ask questions, and then together come up with some of these common sense guidelines. So, you know, these guidelines that we ended up coming up with about, you know, the orange plastic tips stay on and everybody has to be comfortable. And I'll be honest, I got some pushback from my guys on that one because of course they're going to push back. You know, they're like, well, some adults aren't comfortable. Why should we have to stop? Because you're the kids and we're the adults and sure. And we talk, (laughs) you know, as the kids got older, we talk about some of these cases in which, you know, a seven-year-old gets suspended from school for chewing a Pop-Tart into a gun shape and a kid is shot on a playground with a toy gun. They need to know that this is reality. And this is the reality that they are living in also. And here's how we can respect your interests while also showing respect for other people. Yeah. Now where this comes up often for, for the people that I work with are teachers and early childhood teachers, especially. And, and, you know, it is a little bit of a different ball game when you, when you have 18, 20 kids in your charge. Part of what I tell teachers is, you know, you have to have the conversation as the faculty, but also with the parents and you have to have clear guidelines, but also strong values around it. We value our boys' way of playing. That's a value. Boys tend to want to play this way. Part of the whole shooting game, if you really observe it and look at what they're doing, it's target accuracy, which is a boy's strength. Okay. How else can you provide exciting target accuracy. Ooh, can I share a fun idea for that? Oh, do, yes. (laughs) I got this uh, from another homeschool mom. Homeschool moms are genius at this kind of thing. She had kids that were working on learning multiplication facts. And so she set up a whiteboard and she wrote numbers on there. 
and she handed her kids their Nerf guns with the uh, suction cup, you know, things on the end. Uh-huh. So she'd call out the problem, and they got to shoot the answer. Oh yeah, perfect. Right? Which yeah. is a, and parents and educators. I mean, educators. I understand you are under a lot of uh, restrictions in the classroom. So okay, you probably can't use that in the classroom. But you can suggest that as a technique to parents to get their kids engaged in homework at home to practice those facts. And you can use it for spelling. You can use it for, uh, you know, letter recognition, even for Mm -hmm. little ones. Sure. And use a beanbag if, you you know, you're not going to be able to have a gun at school, but use a beanbag or something Mm -hmm. that's the same idea. And the other piece is they're seeking adventure and challenge. How much challenge are you incorporating into your um, homeschool day or your preschool day? Boys are seeking this dynamic and they will create it themselves. Absolutely. In their own way. So help them and make it exciting. You know, have the obstacle course, the treasure hunt, or whatever it is. It's also the stories of good and evil and right and might. And boys are hungry for these stories. We have to give them the, um, the picture of these challenges and the strength and overcoming. And absolutely, these stories are important for our girls too. You know, as a parent and as somebody who works with a lot of teachers also, I also get very frustrated with school's tolerance for um, violent themes in writing and in drawings. And there's zero tolerance, right? Right. Yes. Exactly. Zero tolerance. And I appreciate that many of the teachers are caught in a bind. They have district level expectations. They have been instructed, if this, you need to report. But so much of this is not helpful to our boys. You know, we wonder why our boys don't want to write with the same kind of enthusiasm as our girls. Well, it's partly because we don't let them write about the things they want to write about. A lot of boys, not all, but a lot of boys want to write gory battle scenes. Mm -hmm. Because they're writing it doesn't mean they're going to live it out. And so... If that comes up in your parenting with your kid or you get a call from the teacher, I advise you to please don't overreact. That's a good chance to have that discussion with your son about how some people are uncomfortable with in certain environments. This is not the best place for this. However, I'm completely fine with it. I think it's awesome. Hey, what were you going to have happen in the story? Mm-hmm. And talk about it. It's yeah. not guns per se, but I got a call um, shortly after my boys went to school, school, from homeschool, from my son's fourth grade teacher telling me that he had um, created a disturbing drawing. Okay. What, what's Do the drawing? tell, Jen. What's, what's the drawing? <laughs> oh. And it was a shark eating a surfer. Now, <laughs> I scuba dive, so I fully realize that sharks are not inherently, you know, horrible or vicious animals, but that wasn't even the concern. It was that he created this gory image. Frankly, Janet, even at now this kid is 17, he's still not that good of a drawer. This was not explicitly gory or violent. <laughs> he remembers this incident to this day. And wow. today his comment is, that's what you get for letting me watch Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the sort of thing I'm talking yeah. about. You know, we can let this become a shame thing for our mm-hmm. boys. We can make them feel bad and then they further wall themselves and their interest off from us, or we can kind of talk through some of this. 
So in that instance, frankly, you know, I came back, I shared the teacher's concern with my son. I said, maybe don't do that at school, but I thought it was pretty funny Yeah, because I did think it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you allude to it a little bit in that if we don't accept and allow our boys to do this, I've had grown men tell me that their moms were, you know, total anti-gun play. So they went to their friends And they played guns. And then you're building, again, the wall, you're building dishonesty, a lack of trust into your relationship with your boy. A preschool teacher who had four boys had this dilemma, of course, about gun play and her boys playing guns and the kids at school. And for her own boys, she decided, and this was her values and her comfort level, is she said, you know, Saturday morning is gunplay day. You go out in the woods, you do whatever, whatever, you free range. But Saturday morning is the time. And oh boy, those boys could not wait for Saturday morning once. And that's such a once. good example. They got they they were they were like the next Saturday came and there was other stuff to do so they totally let it go. It's like really? let them have it, let them have it as much as they want, and they're going to get disinterested and move on. But if you are putting the brakes on it, they're going to be even that much much more interested. You know, I recently wrote an article, Weapons Play is Okay, or something like that. And we'll, I'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes. But I wrote that within the last year. So now my boys are much older. You know, my oldest is 20. My youngest is 12. In writing this, I realized that this arsenal of weapons that we once had, the Nerf guns and the, the lightsabers and the swords and the, the Nerf bows and like everything, we had everything. This stuff is pretty much collecting dust right now because they are not as interested in it as they once were. I mean, we went through a time in our lives when you probably could not walk into any room in my house, and I am including bathrooms in this, (laughs) where you wouldn't have stumbled across some toy weapon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that time passed. My boys are not particularly interested in, in guns right now, which is noteworthy only because we live in a hunting community. I mean, it is extremely normal around here to, it's actually more people have guns and hunt than don't. My mm-hmm. guys just don't because it wasn't in our family. This fascination does not last forever. And I think that can be helpful for moms to know too, because I know as a mom, just simply the chaos and the noise of these Nerf battles going on in my house could drive me crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to wrap up. And just with that reassurance of, as with many, many things in parenting, this too shall pass recognize and honor this impulse in your boys when they're growing through this phase. Please um, let us know, share with us on our page, you know, what is your attitude towards gunplay and weapons play and what kinds of strategies and boundaries have you put around it? That information helps all of us. So um, we are at onboyspodcast.com and we would love to hear from you. Thanks for joining On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.